Come on, Steve. We've got D in the carpet. Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. And here we go! Shake it back! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. So listen to that. Those are the words that my great-grandfather would tell my father every time he would begin to tell him a story or teach him a lesson. And with that, I welcome you to episode two of the Strictly Outside the Lines podcast. Today we're going to be talking about identifying the lines and what it means to be living strictly outside the lines. What does that even really mean? You know, it's very similar to many other concepts that people might um, share with you and my talk about the idea of living outside the box or customizing your life or living a life by design. It really all is one and the same. The different approach, though, that I'm taking is this idea of we live life in a certain way where we do things because this is how they're done. This is how they've always been done. And as far as we know, this is the way they always will be done. Now, my problem with that is that is not how we were created to be. That is not what we are meant to live. That is not the life that was destined for us, so to speak. You know, this idea of doing things by rote, the idea of doing things just because, is, is a big problem. Because again, when we were put on this world, when we were, when we were born into this world, we have a specific mission, a purpose, a path that we are meant to accomplish, a path that we are meant to forge, a mission that we are meant to achieve. And we've spoken about this before. We talked about this a little bit in episode one. But what happens is we are told that we have to do everything in a certain way, and we lose sight of the bigger picture. So we grow up, we go to school, we're told to get good grades so that we can get to the next grade, and then from there we get good grades so we can go to a good high school, to college, get good grades in college so you can get a good degree, so you can have a nice career, yada, yada, yada. The, 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 the tale goes on and on and on, and again, we spoke about this already. So what does it mean living strictly outside the lines is if you imagine, and most people do, imagine your life in a linear format. You go from point A, which is birth, to point B, which is, well, death at the end of 120 years. So everything has to fall in place in a very linear format. The fact of the matter is, though, our life is our lives are really more like an episode of Loki, <laughs> where you have alternate uh, timelines, you know, and variants and, and variables. Um, so when we try to live a life that is very linear, we're, we're doing a disservice to ourselves and we're doing a, a disservice to those around us. And we're doing an injustice to, to the world because we have something that is unique to us, something that we bring to the table. And if we're not tapping into that, we're not meeting our full potential and we're not accomplishing what we're meant to accomplish. Now, if you're listening to this show, you know, it's because you're most likely somebody who is successful in, in whatever it is that you do, whether it's your career, your business, you're probably a successful lawyer, successful real estate agent, 
a broker, a teacher, whatever it is, you've seen success. You've accomplished it. You've grown in the ranks of your your organization or your company, whatever it may be. Or even if you're a young adult just getting his his life started, you know, you have this idea of pursuing success. Yet, at the same time, you feel like there's something more. You feel like you're not quite where you're meant to be. Or despite all the success you've seen in, in your life, you still feel that there's more. Well, that's what this show is going to be about. So when we talk about strictly outside the lines, we have to identify, first of all, what are the lines? What are these lines that we're living by, this linear format that we're living on? What is our starting point and our end destination and all the little points in between that we are supposed to hit? You know, we talked about some of them getting good grades, going to college, getting a good job. You know, for some reason, everybody believes that they must go to college. Well, what if I told you that our lives were really more squigglies? <laughs> there are branch, branches that come out of that linear line. There's offshoots of those branches. And it's just this never-ending up and down and side to side of life that we experience. And what if I told you that that was okay? And that that was the purpose of life. That the purpose of life was not to go from one point to another following a predetermined route, but rather you're supposed to go off-roading a little bit. Like imagine you're stuck in traffic, right? You're uh, on a con- the country road, and actually this happened. <laughs> this happened to, to my sister and I because when I was living in Crown Heights in Brooklyn, New York, was we were making the move to Dallas, um, so I drove cro- cross country with my sister. Um, she was very kind enough to fly into New York and drive with me. Um, my wife flew with our kids to Dallas, and then I drove over two days with my sister and our little Kia Soul. Uh, but it got to a point where we actually got into Texas, and it was just bumper to bumper traffic. And I, I see, I'm looking at ways. I'm looking at the app. This, this traffic is not clearing anytime soon. We're going to be stuck here for a good hour, and I'm watching that the time is going up and up and up. And then I notice people behind me start going off-roading. Now, they're not actually going off-roading, but they're starting to turn into the grass lane and then turning onto the the exit or the entrance ramp. I think it was an entrance ramp, and people were turning onto the entrance ramp and ramp and backing up and then driving on one of the, the roads that go alongside the highways because this is in the middle of, pretty much the middle of nowhere, Texas. So there's the main freeway highway, and then there's the kind of like that service road along the side. Uh, I think they're actually called farm-to-market roads. And I noticed people start turning off and, and going there. And now I had a choice. And this is actually going to play into how we think in terms of our lives. But I had a choice. I can sit there in traffic, watch the clock go up, and hope that things are going to get better. Or I can do what a handful of other people are doing. Turn off the road, onto the grass, back up the on-ramp, and go down the side road where there's Plenty of space, and nobody was, you know, there wasn't traffic over there. Now, obviously, the thoughts that went through my mind are, well, if I turn onto the grass and a cop sees me, I'm going to get pulled over, it's going to get a ticket, you know. All these these thoughts start running through my head, because I'm very much a by-the-books type person, especially when it comes to driving. Uh, one of the first lessons my father taught me when, uh, when I got my permit, we get into the car, it was actually a pickup truck, the GMC Sierra. We get into his big pickup truck, we drive to a, a parking lot, he has me get in the driver's seat, Puts my foot, has me put my foot on the brake, and he says, number one thing you need to know about driving, everybody else on the road are idiots. <laughs> Nobody knows how to drive. <laughs> I said, okay. He says, you got it? And I said, yeah, good. 
says, great, now get back into the passenger seat. We're going home. And that was my first lesson. So when it comes to driving, I was very much a by-the-books type person. I follow the rules. Um, now, here I'm seeing people breaking the rules. And I had to make a decision. Do I continue sitting here for hours in traffic? Or do I do something which is safe? You know, I'm being mindful of the cars. And go off-road. Well, you know what I chose to do? I, I went off-road. I backed my little Kia up. I took it onto the grass, drove it up the on-ramp, um, and got onto that farm-to-market side road and drove about 10 minutes till I was able to get back onto the main highway. And that's the thing. It's oftentimes there's this linear format, this linear path that we are on, and we feel like this is how we need to get to our destination. But oftentimes we can go off-roading a little bit. Whether you're in a Kia Soul or whether you're in a Jeep Wrangler, it doesn't really matter. You can do it. It just takes a certain level of being willing to challenge the norm, follow others who are doing it, seeing that they're doing it safely, and forging your own paths on ahead. So that's the idea of living strictly outside the lines. The idea of living strictly outside the lines really is getting from point A to point B, but maybe taking the scenic route, enjoying the process, and not sitting in traffic your entire life, bemoaning your fate. So what is strictly? Well, because you can't exactly just throw all rules to caught to the wind. You know, you, you, you there's got to be some caution involved. Again, when I took that side route, um, I had to look, make sure that it was safe. I had to look, make sure there were no big trucks barreling down at me or there was no emergency vehicles trying to get through. But I saw that it was safe and I was able to keep my eyes on the main road. And that's the thing is when it comes to forging ahead and forging your own path, I'm not saying go off and, and throw all rules and all laws uh, to the wind and, and start forging your own thing and, and being a wackadoo. Uh, that's that's not what I'm saying. But th- there's a certain art form to it. But in order to start living outside the lines, we have to start from the very beginning. Well, we have to know what are these lines. So in our lives, what are the lines that are keeping us going in this path that we don't necessarily feel is right for us? Again, deep down, if you're somebody who's listening to this podcast, it means that deep down, you believe that there is a different way of doing things. You believe there's something more out there. But there's something that's holding you onto those lines. There's something holding you on that path that you see everybody else around you doing. You know, it could be oftentimes our own personal beliefs about how life is meant to be. Well, I was born into a certain day and age, and in our day and age, we do things this way. And that's just how it's always been done. Or I was born into a certain religion, and and this is how things are done. You know, my religion says that I have to wear these clothes, and I have to do, you know, I have to worship and and pray to God in this way. My community that I live in, we, we don't bring outsiders into our community. I'm not saying my community per se. I'm saying in general. These are thoughts that people might have. You know, this is the way that, that we've always done things. And so this is the way we're going to continue doing it. So our beliefs of how life is meant to be, those are the lines. Oftentimes our beliefs, is, you know, they, they come from Hollywood. <laughs> they come from media. They come from the books we read, from the shows that we watch, from the people around us. You know, when I was getting ready to, to get married, uh, as I mentioned previously, I only wanted to get married once. I, I did not believe in divorce. Obviously, there are times when divorce is necessary, unfortunately. Um, but to me, all, all extreme cases barred, um, I felt that I was going to get married. I was going to get married once, and I was going to be who I needed to be in that marriage. 
So in order to be who I needed to be, I needed to learn what that meant. So I went to counselors, I went to therapists, I went and, and studied marriage, I studied relationships. I tried my best to understand how does one have a healthy marriage? How does one have a healthy relationship? That's not the norm. <laughs> I've had people tell me, what are you doing? That's a little weird. Like, why, why are you spending so much time and money? I spent thousands of dollars on this. And especially in my community, it wasn't the norm for people to prepare for marriage in that way. Sure, you went, you asked questions, you took some classes, you took some courses. But for the most part, that wasn't the norm. But here's the thing. I didn't want to live a normal life. I'm all about living life exceptionally, being the exception. So in order to be the exception, you have to, well, be the exception. In order to live an exceptional life, you have to do things in a different way. But my belief system was trying to keep me on track to do things just the way everybody's always done them. Well, here's another one. The stories we tell ourselves about what we can and cannot do, whether from outside influences or internal influences. You know, somebody who grows up in a non-wealthy family, chances are the stories they tell themselves are that they'll never be able to be wealthy. They'll never be able to have money, that they're always going to have to be poor. I mean, this is this is facts, guys. You know, the science to back this up, the, the, the thought processes and the, and the brainwaves that we create within our within ourselves with these stories that we tell ourselves. Another one might be, well, you know, I've never been around healthy relationships, so therefore I'm doomed to just not have a healthy relationship, so I'm going to resign myself to that fact. My parents didn't have a good relationship, so therefore I'm not going to be able to have a good relationship. So either screw it all, I'm going to just do whatever I want, or I'm just not going to get married, or I'm not going to get into relationships, or all men are bad, or all women are bossy. These are all stories that we tell ourselves. You know, we tell ourselves stories about what we can and cannot do. I told myself stories early on that I wouldn't be able to do anything that would have a big impact. I wouldn't be able to do anything that made money. I told myself that all the only thing I would be able to do would was to be a teacher. That's all I could do because I could fake it. So we have these stories that we tell ourselves, and those are the lines. They keep us going in one path, in one direction. They keep us going, bumping back and forth, side to side, but always keeping us moving forward and not necessarily in a good way. We have beliefs that come from our culture, our community, our religion, our society. Now, don't get me wrong. There could be beliefs that are good beliefs. There are stories that we tell ourselves that are good things as well. I mean, heck, I, I moved to Texas, and one of the stories I was telling myself is that all Texans are nice. And you know what? So far, all the Texans I've met have been nice. So there are stories that we tell ourselves that are positive. There are beliefs we have about culture and community and religion and society that are positive as well. And some of these form good habits. For example, the community that I come from, the religious community that I come from, we are known for our outreach. We are known for helping others, helping those in need, whether it's hurricanes, whether it's you know tornadoes, major crises, or whether it's simple things like running a soup kitchen. That is what we are known for. That is how we operate. So that is a good thing that keeps me within the lines. Then there's also things, really it boils down to anything that is keeping you living in a, in a way that is that of autopilot. A life that is just heading straight, that when you drive, you put on your autopilot, you put on your cruise control and, and the new features on the cars where the wheel bounces you back and forth, but it keeps you within the lines. 
That's what we're talking about here. Anything that is keeping you into mindset, its habits, relationships that you're involved in, that keep you within the lines, that keep you just doing things because this is how we do it. I'm going to show up to my job. I'm going to put in the work that I need to put in, but then I'm going to check out at five o'clock and then I'm done. I'm not going to do a cent worth more. I'm not going to put in any extra effort than I need to. That's living inside the lines. So, well, when we look at what it means to live inside the lines, we also have to understand, you know, where are they coming from? Most of the time, these lines that we have created, these parameters, these borders, these boundaries for everything within our life are coming from people who mean well, but they don't necessarily know what is best for us. You know, families are a primary example. Most families out there love their kids, they love their family members, and they want what is best for them. But here's the thing. They may love them, they may want what's best for them, but they don't necessarily know what is best for them. And that is a key point right there. The people that are closest to us obviously want what is best for us, and they think they know what is best for us, but they also want us to be safe. They also want us to be secure. They are afraid of what's going to happen to them if we do something different. (laughs) And so our community, our family, our friends, our religion, our culture, our society, these are all things that contribute to keeping us within the lines. Some of it's coming from a place of fear and some of it's coming from a place of genuine love and concern. But the fact of the matter is, these are things that could hold us back. Again, I am not condoning going to the extreme and ditching everybody and running away from everybody. That is not what I'm saying. What I am encouraging you to do, though, is ask questions. Anytime I ever ask a question about my relationships or about my family or about my religion or about my community or about my career, anytime I asked any of these questions, it was never to get away from something, but it was always to understand it. Now, you know, coming from an Orthodox Jewish background, first of all, if you watch mainstream media or you watch any sort of news source or read any sort of the news articles about the Orthodox, Hasidic, Orthodox Jewish community, I'm just letting you know right off the bat, it's all false. <laughs> it's all fake. They're trying to paint a picture of something. Uh, but that's not the point of this podcast. You know, in our community, we're raised certain ways to abide by certain laws and abide by certain rules. Because that is what's kept us safe throughout the years. There's no question that the Jewish people have been persecuted for thousands of years. And so, therefore, in order to protect ourselves from that, we have to behave in certain ways. We like to keep a low profile. We're a very insular community because it's where we are safest. Now, that, on the other hand, could lead to issues wherein, if that's all we know, what are we really living up to? So again, within the Chabad Hasidic community specifically, where our whole purpose and our whole mission is to make the world a better place, and the way we do that is we go out to far-flung areas of either the United States or the world, there's pretty much a Chabad rabbi um, in, (laughs) uh, you know, for sure in all 50 states and and in many, many, many countries, Um, and even in places where you wouldn't expect to see some, you know, I've, we have friends that are um, the rabbi and, and in the Caribbeans. So 
the whole purpose of this is to go out there and to make a difference. Well, when you're doing that, you have to understand how different people work. You have to understand how different communities and societies work. So now you're starting to break outside those lines. You have to think in a different way. But even if you're not Jewish, even if you're not part of our community, there are going to be certain things that you've been raised with, certain beliefs that you have from your family, from your friends. The, the, not the, com- the most common uh, belief that we have, again, is this idea of getting a safe job, making safe money. Here's the thing. There's no such thing as safe money. There's no such thing as a safe job. Anytime you're working for anybody else, chances are at any given moment they could fire you. If you're working for yourself, well, then you've got other people that you've got to worry about. So at the end of the day, what has to happen is we have to look at ourselves and the decisions we're making and make sure we are making them for the right reason. Do we really understand why we are making the decision? If you are going to college, why are you going to college? If you are working in your job as an accountant, why are you working in that job? Is it because you really enjoy the work and you you come alive through doing the work? Is it because it was a safe bet to make good money? If you're a Wall Street broker, why are you doing that? Understand it. Because here's the thing. If you're if you're at a job or in a profession or in a career that requires long hours so that you can get high pay, you know, lots of money so that you can support your family, what's the point of working those hours if you're coming home and you don't have time for your family? And even if you're not in a position like that, even myself, in my position as a educator where I was teaching in a classroom, I wasn't making that great money. I really wasn't. And I was still having issues coming home to my family and not spending time and not being present with him. So with everything that we do, we have to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Does this make sense? Is there a way to do it differently? So one of the things that uh, commitments I made to myself specifically when it came to my job was I was going to give my job my all in the hours that I was in school. So if I was in school from 8.30 to 4.30, from 8.30 to 4.30, it was work time and work time only. I wouldn't answer calls for my wife unless it was an emergency. I wouldn't do anything personal, any personal issues, any side business, nothing like that. And I had to work at it because there were times when I got distracted and I, did, I didn't hold up to those standards. And then the flip of that was, well, then when I get home, I'm home. And I'm home with my family. And I'm being very intentional. Now my schedule is a little bit different where I'm, you know, I'm working... Uh, once again, 8.30 to, to 4, and then I, I go and I get some work done on my businesses, um, my side gigs for, for a couple hours, and I go home for a couple hours, and I go back out there and, and, and do some more. So you have to get very intentional and very clear and understand with yourself, why is it that you're doing what you're doing? So the, this is the idea of what the lines are and where they come from. Now, how do we start identifying these lines that we've given ourselves or that other people have given us. Because at the end of the day, I really want this to be something that's practical that you can take out of this and, and do something with it. So it's it's a nice lot of talking here. But what's the practical aspect? You know, my father used to say whenever he would uh, give a speech anywhere, and he, he did lots of presentations, lots of speeching, speeching, that's a new word, <laughs> lots of speaking. One of the things that he would always say is there's two aspects. There's the what so and the so what. The what-so is the information, the education. The so-what is what are you going to do about it? you got to do something. So let's, let's get practical here. Here's how I would suggest you determining what the lines in your life are that you've drawn for yourself or that other people have drawn for you. We're going to focus on four primary areas. Okay, And you can write this down and you can pause this and then write it down or think about it for later. But I, I highly suggest you write this down and, and really process it. Number one is your faith. Your spirituality. 
Now, you don't have to necessarily be religious, but are you connected to a higher source? Are you connected to a higher power? I believe strongly in God, and God is my spiritual sustenance. God is whom I connect to. So that's one category. Then you have family, which we're also going to include in that all relationships, in your area of relationships. And you can break that up into family relationships specifically. You can break that up into friends and co-workers, whatever it is. So you have faith, you have family, then you have your finances, which is also your career and the area of your career or how you create income, or your business, how you create income. And the fourth one, the final one for now is your health, your fitness, your, you know, are you taking care of yourself? In each of these areas, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you in them? How happy are you with your faith, with your spirituality right now? How happy are you with your relationship with your family, your relationship with your parents, your kids, your siblings? How happy are you with your finances? Are you making enough money? Are you happy with your career? Are you happy with your business and with your health? Do you have healthy eating habits? Do you exercise enough? And again, this is not to to judge you or to make you feel bad about yourself, but this is to give you things to think about. And each of these things, rate rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. Where do you fall? You know, not too many years ago, I think it was probably about five and a half years ago, uh, I was sitting down with somebody, one one of my mentors, and he asked me this question. He said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your life? And I said, frankly, a zero. Because if you look at 10 as where I want to go and where I was, I was nowhere near where I wanted to go. I wasn't particularly connected to, to God. My family relationships weren't exactly great. I definitely did not have the finances I wanted. And health-wise, forget it. <laughs> I ate anything I saw that was kosher, I would eat it. You know, if, if it was available, I would eat it. So start doing this, though. Rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 in each of these areas. And be brutally honest with yourself. And there's something else I want to be very clear about. This is not to say that you're not grateful for whatever you have. I was always grateful for what I had, as far as faith, family, finances, and, and health. But it was never quite where I wanted it to be. So in addition to that, I want you to think about where are you comfortable and complacent in your life? In what areas? And why are you comfortable and complacent in those areas? You know, for me, we were living when we were living in Brooklyn, we were very comfortable. We were very complacent. We weren't comfortable in the sense that we were enjoying it. But we were comfortable in the fact that, okay, we had what we needed to a basic level. And we were surviving. We were very grateful to our, to my in-laws because they were the ones who were renting a, an apartment to us. And so we probably had the cheapest rent in the entire New York State. But we were comfortable. I was comfortable in my job because I could show up to work, I could do my job, and then I could get out of there. I was comfortable not putting effort into my relationships because I knew nobody was really going to go anywhere. We had just a good enough of a relationship with my wife and my kids and whoever else it may be that it's okay. We can survive. And the worst part of all of this, well, actually not the worst, but one of the worst parts of all this was that we were also comfortable being in debt financially. We were destroyed, but we were fine with that. We weren't happy about it, but we were comfortable. We were complacent enough that we weren't going to do anything differently. So think about all these things. Identify those areas where you feel you are being comfortable in life, where you feel you are, where you feel you are being complacent, where things are it's okay being the status quo. And then ask yourself, why are you comfortable 
You know, again, for us, it was because our needs were provided. So that's why we were comfortable. There was also a level of fear. If we don't remain in this level of comfort, are we really going to have what we need next? And at the end of the day, that's really what pushed us. What pushed us to make the move, take the leap to where we're going to go, to Dallas. You know, it was this idea of we realized we were comfortable, we were complacent, but we needed to make a change because we weren't quite happy. So take some time, think about these things, rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. Overall in your life, how, how would you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10? If you're below a five, there's some work to do. If you're a seven, you're pretty standard. If you're a 10, then great. I'm going to encourage you to push past that. But regardless of all that, we all have room for growth. We all have room for improvement. So give yourself a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. Be brutally honest with yourself. Identify how you feel in all these areas and why you feel that way. And let's see where things go from there. Because I guarantee you that when you look at this, you're going to see that there's definitely room for improvement. There's room for change. And for that, I'm here with you along the journey. You know, again, I appreciate you tuning in and uh, listening to the show. Please feel free at all, you know, at any time to reach out to me. Give me some feedback. Let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know what areas you, you're happy with and let me know what areas you're struggling with. You know, I'm, I'm an open book. I'm totally transparent with, it, with you. So I would love to hear from you one way or another. Hope you enjoy the show and we will see you next week. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.